Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. You know the alley behind Archie's Grill? I know it. Five guys, hand to hand, at 10 o'clock. I'll be there. And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarran. With me, as always, is a man who was once asked to bulldoze a house but politely turned it down, Chad Lindsay. How you doing, man? Hey. Yeah. Bulldozing houses. Bulldozing houses. This movie steps it up. This movie escalates quickly, as Ron Burgundy would say. It really picks that shit up. It does. And I hadn't seen this in many, many years. A lot. So it was nice to it was nice to go back to it. It's pretty much as I remember it. I remember it being an enjoyable and fun movie. Yep, same. And some really cool action, a little strange uh in places and just some I don't know. I think there's some writing shortcuts yeah. like a lot of them that uh just have people doing things for the sake of doing them because the script needs them to do bad things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But overall, overall, I had a blast going back to this one. I had such a good This time. is fun, man. I enjoyed this. The acting is good, like the screen, well, you know, I think the acting does what it can with the writing it's given, kind of like the point you made. But the people on screen have really good chemistry. The fighting is for for a 1990 movie, it's surprisingly good. It's really good. It holds up. There's a couple things I want to say about that, but later in the movie when we start kind of getting into it. But man, overall, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, I had a I had a really fun time, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the way they set everything up, and I, I really enjoyed the whole denouement and the ending. I found incredibly abrupt, but other than that, like solid movie. Yeah, I think the ending was abrupt because of the fact that they filmed China O'Brien and the sequel back to back. So. I think one just flows right into two, so it does feel kind of, you know, Karate Kid 1-ish, where it's just like, and we're done. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Miyagi, we did it. <laughs> hey! <Credits>. Smash cut. <laughs> Whereas here, it's like, hey, we're done, the guys are dead, and okay, we're cops now. The end. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of wraps up quick, but it flows right into the second part, which we'll do at some point down the line. So, yeah, this was made, I think, in 1988. It was released in 1990. Like I said, the two of them were filmed back-to-back. I couldn't find anything on the budget for this other than people just saying it was low budget. What I did find was they said it sold 20,000 units in the first month, and I think that was probably based off of Cynthia Rothrock's sort of fame coming out of Hong Kong after she had worked with Michelle Yeoh and Sammo Hung and, you know, Richard Norton as well. So she had a bit of clout coming out of Hong Kong and the films that she had done there. And I think that probably picked it up. Yeah. I I I remember, I mean, they call it fan casting now, but I remember when we were talking about the Mortal Kombat film prior to its release yes. and how she would have been in the perfect casting for Sonya Blade. Oh, she would have been awesome. Yeah. She would have been really, really great to have somebody at, at that caliber yeah. um, of martial artist and... You know, martial artist and, you know, like movie martial artist, somebody that can actually be on screen. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she would have been a great Sonya Blade. I think so, too. Yeah, there's uh, I'm I'm excited for that movie coming out, too, the new remake of that one. So oh, I'm yes. pretty excited. Yeah, the, the, the fight choreography here is by a guy named Nigel Bins, who's actually in the movie uh, very briefly. 
pretty good fight choreography, more so with the hand-to-hand stuff I found. Yeah, there's a, I like the way that the three kind of main characters play off each other with, with respect to fighting. Like, Norton is very punchy based like his hands are really good yeah and he sells his 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 punching and striking really well with his hands very upper body whereas the guy that plays dakota uh keith cook he's really heavy on the kicks and the jumpy flippy kind of kick stuff whereas cynthia rothrock kind of does it all she's got that mixed background where she can do the the sort of wushu you know that scorpion kick that we're going to talk about when we get to the alley scene and sort of the jumpy, flippy kicks of, of the Kung Fu. But she can also just, she she sells punches, man. And like, just straight kicks. Woo! That was my favorite. Like, she's throwing some solid punches. And I wanted to ask you if you knew, because there's a couple of, there's a couple of snippets where it looks like the footage is just sped up slightly. I don't know if you noticed that as well. But yeah. there's a couple where I'm like, did they... Did they speed that up? They might have. There's a few, there, there's a few in there, and I couldn't find any information online as to whether they did or not. So there was a few moments where I'm like, that that looks a bit sped up. Yeah, I watched a documentary on it, and one of the things that Klaus was talking about, Robert Klaus, who directed this, who and also who directed Enter the Dragon and a bunch of other ones, like Jim Cotta and stuff, which we'll also do at some point, because <laughs> that's awesome. Jim Cotta is, like, so ridiculous, I love it. And Richard Norton's in that one, too. Richard Norton's done a lot of a lot of films, and specifically, he's done a lot with Cynthia Rothrock. The two of them are really good together. They are. Like, they've got, like, a really nice screen chemistry, and there's some cheesy, corny stuff of them, like, looking at each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. And stuff like yeah. that. That's just kind of silly. It was also 1990, though, as well. Yeah, but it, the it's, 80s. It's, done, it's, done pretty, uh, it's done pretty well, and I, I like seeing them together because we saw them together in so many films and like Lady Dragon and all of these different I believe he was in Lady Dragon with her. I think um, so, yeah. But yeah, so many uh so many really great moments. I just and, saw him yeah. in Spartacus. Like recently, like he was in Spartacus as a, as one of the gladiators. Like he's still rolling. Really? He's still rolling out films. Yeah, yeah, he's still got stuff in production right now. So yeah, he's still oh. throwing down. So good for him, man. He's the he's the bomb. Love that dude. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah. But yeah, I watched a documentary on this and Robert Klaus was talking about filming in three different speeds so that they can, so they get it in in slow motion effectively and they can speed it up if they need to. So I think that's probably what happened in certain places in the film. Yeah, there's a couple places where I'm like, whoa, that was fast. And I'm like, "Eh, that was almost too fast. Yeah. Again, it's not it's not super distracting, but there were a couple of moments. So if it wasn't sped up, uh, apologies to uh, Cynthia Rothrock and crew. But uh, there was a few moments in there that actually looked that looked like it was uh, sped up footage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This screenplay for this was actually based on. The uh, sheriff from Tennessee named Buford Pusser, who was also the uh, the inspiration for the other movie called Walking Tall, which yeah, which remade with The those. Rock, right? Yeah, yeah. So he went up against the the Dixie mob or the Dixie Mafia or whatever, kind of cleaning up his town. So that's what that movie was based on, and also this one because the writers here thought it would be cool to kind of gender swap the lead character. I I like how I like how in some of the older films when they do that, like they don't. They don't call attention to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, every time that, you know, she looks into the camera and they do this whole, like, female empowerment thing where it's just like, okay, yeah, she's a woman. (laughs) Like, she's just, she's just a kick-ass person. And she's, like, a three-dimensional character. Like, there's moments where she's, you know, sweet. There's moments when she's angry and pissed off. There's moments where she's 
calm and in control. Like, you know, they make her a full character and you really believe her performance. That's what I really like about this. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm assuming that there was input. And also because the screenwriter was Fred Weintraub's uh, wife, Sandra Weintraub. So having a, a female screenwriter and a female star, you're going to get that, right? And it, it worked out well because, like you said, she's three-dimensional. She's The way they address that feminism angle is they kind of have her deal with shit all the time because like i think every guy who's a piece of shit in this movie calls her like little lady and little girl and baby girl baby girl and all that kind of bullshit and then she just starts kicking dudes in the ass right (laughs) she just starts fucking dudes up (laughs) i do i do really appreciate it because when you do like with female protagonists you do have the option to do other things that you can't do with a male protagonist and what i mean by that is like in in kill bill Yes. She finds out she's pregnant, and the hit woman, the two of them are having this drastic fight, and she's like, I'm pregnant. She's like, bullshit. She's like, show me the show me the thing. And they have this whole really cool exchange that you could never have yeah. with male characters, and it just, it just opens it up to possibilities. It opens it up to better choices when it comes to writing. I really like when they do female characters and give them the three dimensions and you could say like sarah connor in the terminator series or ripley in the alien series like yeah. they are people that earn their spot and i find in some of the films today some of those characters they make super 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 tough and they're only tough and they don't have that layered personality so i i find a hard time connecting with them as opposed to somebody like Cynthia Rothrock, who I feel I can I can really make a connection and get behind that particular character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we might as well just dive kind of right in here, I guess. I, I did the uh, same as always, five sections. So the first section here, we get the, the sort of opening here where she's teaching and you get the credits kind of interspersed with that. We get the alley fight uh, where she ends up killing a kid. She retires or, or gives up her badge in the city and she goes to her small hometown where she sees her dad and meets her sort of old high school boyfriend here. Um, so yeah, the first section here, she's wearing these. <laughs> she gets dropped off at the gym and is wearing a very Olivia Newton-John type let's get physical fucking <laughs> outfit here <laughs> where she's teaching these guys how to how to do karate or where, where, whatever she's teaching them. And she's kind of calling them out by name and telling them how to kick ass and doing their their, their moves better. There's a, a, <laughs> a nunchuck kata Poster on I the wall. Did you see that? On the wall. Nunchuck kata. <laughs> so right. good. And but we didn't get nunchucks. And for, I was I was hoping that was going to be some foreshadowing for some nunchucks. As once I noticed it, I was like, oh. But then there was I didn't remember one, and there is not one. So sadly, want want no nunchucks. But there's a lot of other shit that we'll get to later. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty good. There's a yeah, lot of really uh, pretty pretty decent '80s guy hair in this workout class. Yeah, the guy rocking the mullet doing this, Ooh. doing his punches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then there's a guy named Termite, who's a, a kind. Of, Termite's kind of a dick, where he just gets up and leaves the class, and she's like, "Hey, get your ass back here!" And he's like, "This blows. This won't work. Fuck you." <laughs> he's, he walks over, and she's like, "No liquids until the end of class." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Why not? It's it's hot." <laughs> so he goes to get the water, and she kicks that shit right out of his hand. <laughs> yeah, Termite would. Uh... That's one of my, and I'll, I'll call it a mild criticism because, you know, it, it it's a martial arts film. And I think that this is sometimes where good martial arts films don't become great martial arts films, where 
like the motivations of people. Okay, this guy's going to be a dick so he can set things up, right? He's yes. Just like, oh, later for this, man. I'm this is bullshit. <laughs> he's just like, I'd like to see how you could stand up against five of the bloods. And yeah. she's like, you know my stance on violence. And he's just like, yeah. Well, why don't you show us how good you are? And she's like, all right. She's a cop. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> she just decides to show up in the alley and fuck five dudes up. Like, first of all, why not just one on one? Like, why are you going to make her fuck five dudes up in an alley at midnight? Like, that's not yeah. safe. That's so not okay. Like, Jesus. And again, <laughs> let me go back to the fact that she's a cop. She's a cop. And, isn't and, he a cop? Aren't Isn't she teaching a police class? No, I think he, well, he's saying, you know, the blood. So I was just like, well, I wouldn't want to fight the bloods. But anyhow, like, yeah. she, like, if they're talking about the bloods, like the Crips and the bloods. But when, um. When he says, I'd like to see you try to fight the the Bloods. All this fancy shit don't mean nothing on the streets. I'd like to see you against the Bloods. You know my stand on violence. I told you. In this room, we learn martial arts. An art form. It's not just kicking and punching. Bullshit! You're chicken! If you were good, you'd prove it. You know the alley behind Archer's Grill? I know it. Five guys, hand to hand, at 10 o'clock. I'll be there. And she's like, no. And he's like, yeah, you better. And she's like, okay. Like, it it took a very little amount of pressing for her to just abandon her stance on violence <laughs> and agree to go to the alley to fight five guys in hand-to-hand combat. He basically used the monorail, come on, defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the monorail defense. Come on. Come on. All right, you've convinced me. <laughs> so she, she agrees to go. And then Termite leaves the class and he immediately gets his ass kicked by some tall guy with a mullet and a fucking new kids on the block backup dancer. Yeah, I actually th- I actually thought that he looked like a backup dancer. That's hilarious that you said that. <laughs> really? <laughs> because that's exactly what I thought of with the little gloves and the stupid sleeve cut off sweatshirt with a t-shirt under it. And other guys got the, the Judas Priest studded 80s bracelet on. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. So the, yeah, they drag his ass into the alley. And, you know, they knee him and kick him in the face and they fuck him up. Now, okay, this is the afternoon that they kick his ass, right? Like, she's teaching class, they take him in the alley and they beat his ass. It's daylight. And then they cut immediately to midnight, wherever this alley is behind whatever store they said. It's like the alley where Jackie Chan got the bottle smashed at him. Yeah. You know, with all the steam and the newspapers and shit. She rolls up in her little white convertible by herself. I will say that I love that little white convertible. It's an old Chrysler. Oh, that it's that, like a Chrysler LeBaron or something, yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. But she also looks like Beverly Goldberg from the Goldbergs in her little outfit. She which looks I exactly- was so funny. <laughs> she does not show up in clothing ready to fight. No, she's wearing a little scarf around her neck. I know. She's <laughs> like, you're going to get choked. Hey, and thank you for listening to this teaser episode of the podcast. Full episodes can be found at patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. We do at least four episodes a month. Everyone gets one free. The other three are like this one, a teaser with the full show available with a subscription. Now there's five levels of subscription to choose from to suit any budget with the lowest being just five bucks per month. That's less than a rabbit harness leech thing on Amazon. I mean, what are you going to do with that? It's nice. I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong, but think about it. You can walk your rabbit safely. 
Or you can get over six hours of original entertainment to make your workout or commute or life better. Plus, access to all the past seasons, each season being 21 episodes. Patrons also get to be a part of the Dojo Crew. You become a producer of the show. And the best part is you don't have to do any of the hours of work it takes to create an awesome show every week. You just reap the benefits. It's awesome. So head on over to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast and become a patron. You'll have our eternal gratitude and the satisfaction of literally being a producer of the media you find most appealing. Thank you so much. We'll see you inside the dojo.